welcome to Everything You Need Is Within, a Spotify Greenroom live audio show and podcast produced by and for Gen Z. With me, your host, Gigi Robinson. Welcome back to this week's episode of Everything You Need Is Within. This is called The Healing Powers of Art, this specific episode, and I have a very special guest here with me tonight. um, His name is Marogadi from The Happy Broadcast, and for those that don't know, this is one of my favorite things to have in my life nowadays because, um, I, I mean... And I'll get more into the story of how I even found the Happy Broadcast to begin with, but it really, um, the, the message just really resonated with me. And it's about, uh, you know, their, their tagline essentially is that the Happy Broadcast is and can become a daily part of someone's life to inspire a positive change with their mental health through collective action um, of our world. And I think that this is something that, I really resonate with because as a Gen Z thought leader and speaker, I really aim and strive to touch people and inspire people in a positive way in any way that I can um, through my social media. So it's just amazing. And uh, like many things, I was scrolling on Instagram one day, or actually I think I was scrolling on LinkedIn um, and I saw an update of the happy broadcast somewhere on LinkedIn. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to have Mauro on my show. So mm. without further ado, I bring you guys Mauro Gatti. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Happy Friday. Um, for those that don't know, we also record on Friday. So cats out of the bag. <laughs> um, but anyhow, please like tell us more about you, where you're from, what your journey is. Um, and we'll just start. Um, absolutely. So thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it's always good to being able to spread the message, you know, specifically the happy broadcast yeah. message uh, of like uh, uh, positivity uh, through, you know, art uh, and collaboration and action and so forth. Uh, you might have picked from my accent that I'm not American. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, I'm Italian. And I moved to uh, the United States uh, in 2015. Uh, actually, I just got my citizenship, so I can say that I'm American. Uh, yeah. um, I'm Italian-American. So, so I'm a creative person. I don't go into the specific of all the creative things that, that I do. I just, I just believe I'm a creative <laughs> person right. as I believe that that is like my mission. And I've always believed in the power of creativity. And when I talk about creativity, I don't talk only about art specifically, illustrating, sculpting and and so forth. But to me, creativity is like an attitude towards like life, you know, Um, you can solve problems with creativity, you can find Mm -hmm. solutions, you know, with creativity. And so again, that's my life mission. And I guess that, you know, it comes from my family, but another thing that, uh, you know, uh, comes from my family is like anxiety. Uh, so I, I got like creativity, but also um, anxiety. And to segue into the happy broadcast, uh, if it's cool for you, you know, I'd rather yes. speak. I'd rather speak more about the happy broadcast than myself. It's more, for sure. it's way more interesting. Um, yeah, let's go for it. I mean, tell us. I mean, for for context, like like you're saying, I just like to give the listeners, you know, an idea of who you are and how you kind of went on a journey to even create the happy broadcast. So like you said, you're a creative person. You um, have a main background in uh, illustration, right? Um, How did, like, could you tell us briefly about how you just got into it? And then uh, we'll just, I guess you could tell us about the conception of the happy broadcast. Absolutely. So like I said, you know, creativity has always been uh, my dream, it, it, like work in the creative field when I was a kid. And so growing up, I just uh, work up the ladder uh, and um, I'm uh, a creative entrepreneur, if you will. Uh, so I've, I've spent uh, a, a big chunk of my career working for like TV and advertising. Then I created like an advertising agency. Uh, I sold the agency. I went to work for like um, uh, an international publisher. I worked for that publisher around the world. 
Then I moved to the US and I work on like a kid show, which uh, some people might know, might not, but it's um, uh, it's a kid show called uh, Storybots uh, and it's on Netflix. And after that, I'm continuing like my career in the creative, uh, you know, entertainment field. Uh, so that like very briefly summarized uh, what I've done. And uh, again, it's a journey that started as a kid, you know, watching the TV and drawing the characters from, you know, commercials, uh, animated shows uh, and so forth. So it really like a, it really like a passion. I feel like that it was a gift and I was gifted by, you know, a, a family that let me explore uh, that passion uh, and turn it into like a right. profession. Yeah, it's it's so amazing when you do have a family that is supportive and allows you to be creative. I feel like sometimes there's a lot of hesitancy when it comes to pursuing a creative field because it can be so uncertain or you go into it with a passion for, you know, for me, um, just as an example, I used to do photography, like, and I thought that was my end all be all, like that was my calling, you know, and I was gonna, you know, be on sets and do all of these creative things, whether it was in advertising or Hollywood, or I was like, my photos are going to be on billboards one day. Obviously, my path was different and my family did support me um, in a lot of ways, but I also felt kind of pressured because there's no certainty there. And as I have built a lot more, um, you know, in my portfolio, as all artists do, as anyone does with with anything creative, um, it's going to change, first of all. But second of all, I started losing my passion for photography because I felt that every time that I was doing it, it was work. So I just think having a great support system is honestly imperative to your creative success because it's always going to be changing. Um, did you experience like that kind of shift as well? Kind of, kind of. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that in my state of mind, when it comes to creativity, whether it's personal of work, uh, um, I feel the same, I feel the same passion, but I guess it comes with a lot of training. Again, I am, I'm not Gen Z, so I'm an early millennial. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that I started to get into the professional world, uh, you know, at a time where like social medias weren't around, there was not a lot of pressure of like constantly producing content and being constantly, you know, somehow judged um, by the public. I feel like I grew up in an environment where I was able to experiment again without external pressure. And I was able even right. to making career decisions that were based uh, on my personal journey and not like the journey that I was seeing uh, and I wanted to follow. Like right now on social media, yeah. it's very easy to, to constantly change uh, direction because of trends, because of things that mm-hmm. you see around. So for me, again, growing up, uh, first of all, I never wanted to be an artist. Uh, you know, I freelance and I do a lot of illustration for clients, uh, but uh, uh, I've always feared uh, that, you know, uh, a freelance career would have like destroyed my mental health because I don't mm-hmm. like the uncertainty of going from right. like job to job. So yeah. what I do, uh, and again, I work like my work ethic is like very strong. I, mm-hmm. I, I have That's a job great. that brings me like a paycheck and all the benefits uh, of, uh, of a paycheck. Uh, and on the side, uh, I have like my personal project and I freelance so that I never feel like that if I'm uninspired for a month, um, it's fine. You know, I take my time. uh, I I, I try to get inspired, maybe even by doing nothing. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And, uh, you know, I like a paycheck allows me to do that. Right. That 
that honestly reassures me. I I know you mentioned that you're not Gen Z, which is, you know, totally fine. And this is a moment where I'm going to look to you and um, just out of pure admiration, because as a freelancer, I am so overwhelmed and my work ethic is really top notch. But my question to you is how do you manage a full-time job um, that is, you know, not like kind of your passion projects and then your passion projects on top of it? Um, I know it seems like you do a lot and you mentioned you don't necessarily want to go into fully like about your career, but how can you avoid that burnout, like physically, mentally, and creatively? Um, Because it sounds like you manage a lot. So I can tell like what works for me, you know, as I I, I do like a lot of mentorship. uh, And so the first thing that I always say, it's like, look, what works for me is might not work for you because there are like a lot of like, you know, guides uh, and publications around that tell you do these 10 things and you'll become a successful entrepreneur. So what works for me, I feel like that my my DNA, my persona was built uh, to like work a lot. So I don't need to sleep a lot. Uh, my work routine uh, is very like... Uh, uh, intense, uh, meaning that I wake up at four in the morning. Uh, so I start, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh my I start, gosh. I start my days like very early uh, in terms of like, you know, I wake up, I take my time, uh, you know, to wake up, uh, uh, to ease into the day. I read my emails. I have a task list uh, of the things that I want to accomplish during the day. Wow. And, uh, the point uh, is not to wake up at four in the morning uh, and just constantly, you know, power through, but that gives you more time mm-hmm. to relax, uh, more time almost to dilute wow. the work that you're doing. So I wow. take the morning to basically work on like ideas, uh, find inspiration. You know, if I have some freelance work with Europe, because, uh, you know, I'm from Europe, so I still have lots of like freelance client there and Mm-hmm. You can understand that there are like a nine hours gap. So, you know, you have the communication has to happen early in the morning to be meaningful with them. And right. then if we talk about, you know, picking a job, um, there is always there is always like a misconception when it says like, you know, you're doing a job and then on the side, you know, you're doing like freelance or you're doing personal project um, because you don't want to, you know, you want some, you want, I, I don't know, to find more like um, uh, inspiration outside of your like daily, you know, nine to five job. But for me, the the the, the strategy has always been like, I want to pick a job uh, where, you know, I feel like happy and inspired. So it never mm-hmm. feels like uh, I have a boring job uh, and freelancing is saving me. You know, to me, right. you know, it's just like uh, a beautiful concert, uh, you know, between the creativity that I have to do for my employer and the creativity that I have to do for like freelance client and the creativity that I have to do for my personal project. So it's like, it's it's just a matter of like choosing your path, you know, and I'm not saying that everyone can do it uh, because, again, it worked for me. But I know that a lot of people, they have like maybe more responsibilities or they cannot find a job that fulfills them. But it happened to me in the past. It's just like a matter of like, you know, with age uh, comes wisdom. You know, you take every experience uh, and every next step, uh, you just try to surround yourself uh, with a network of people that can like guide you, support you in making like a better choice for your next step. And so that's, I guess, where I am right now. That's amazing. And I think it's also such great advice. I know you said something with age comes wisdom. And I know when you're young, it's like easy to be told that, but to actually hear it from somebody who's done it, um, and just like also to watch your work in multiple different avenues of, of content and creativity. Um, it's just really, it's, it's fascinating. It's encouraging. It's inspiring. And I also think a message here for anyone listening that is unsure either about freelancing or what job to go into, it sounds like you kind of just went for it and you made a plan for yourself and you committed. Um, I'm curious because I know 
um, you mentioned that you have a very regimented workflow um, and, you know, schedule. How did you figure, like, how long did it take for you to figure out that balance? Because it is hard to, to figure that out. <laughs> it's hard to figure it out. Uh, and uh, uh, like I said before, it works for me, but I know a lot of people that, you know, they have a different, uh, you know, schedule, uh, but they're still super productive and, and creative. Uh, and I also want to warn people that my regiment uh, is not healthy. So right. <laughs> I'm saying that I, I, I just work a it lot. Works for you. I mean, yeah. I just work a lot because, again, I drawn uh, like, I don't know, energy. I drawn fulfillment. You know, there is like a lot of research uh, that talks about the, right. you know, power of creativity for your mental health, all the benefits that creativity brings for your mental health. Um, and so I've learned this uh, at a much younger age. And I said, uh, because of the you know challenges that I had with my mental health, uh, that that would have been the path uh, to happiness for me. And uh, I mean, yeah. I have to give like a big shout out to my girlfriend because she's the only person that is able to like drag me uh, somewhere, you know, whether it's a dinner, watching a movie, because my tendency will just be to just keep doing, you know, I feel like that my personal position is that my life uh, feels meaningful when I do something, you know, and that do something, you know, for me, is not just doing commercial work. It's just doing something that I feel can benefit myself and someone else like the happy broadcast. So, and right. Yeah. So let's, let's get, let's get into that then. Um, because tell us a little bit about how it came to be. I'm looking at your beautiful website and for anybody who, um, is listening, please make sure you go to the happybroadcast.com and you take a look at the website because it is stunning. It is a stunning, stunning website and it is so simple, but it is so complex. And as a design student myself, I just, I, I love it. I'm a sucker for good branding. I'm a sucker for illustration. This is just, it's, it's so fun <laughs> to look at. And I think, you know, I have a smile on my face looking at it and I'm sure that that's exactly what you want to emulate. Um, I have a smile whenever I look at your, you know, Instagram posts too. So um, I know I'm just rambling about it. Let me just let you tell us a little bit about how it came to be. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, thank you. First of all, thank you for the nice comments. I appreciate it. And I rely them to the people that help me, you know, building the website. Um, so like I said before, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm made of creativity, but I'm also made of anxiety. Uh, specifically when, when people talk about anxiety, of course, it's such a general concept, but, uh, specifically for me, um, anxiety has always been like social anxiety. Like I said before, that's why I spend a lot of time indoor and I'm always like, you know, challenged when I have to see people, uh, you know, go to like a crowded place, uh, to a party and so forth. Uh, but also there, social anxiety uh, is not just like, you know, meeting people. Social anxiety is also like, you know, the fear of going, you know, outside because of, uh, you know, all the things that can happen. Um, all the bad stuff that can happen. And to me, that, that anxiety was like fueled by, you know, uh, all the, you know, doom and gloom uh, uh, that I was like seeing, you know, in the media, seeing, hearing, uh, you know, we live in a, we live in a world uh, that is like hyper-connected and filled with screens. You know, we have a screens, in our like watch, we have a smartphone, we have a computer, we're surrounded by TVs, uh, we have, you know, mm -hmm. and all these screens, they have notifications and like notifications most of the time are like news. Uh, and most of the news, they have these like fear mongering headlines. So once I identified uh, the, you know, negativity in the media, you know, my creative, you know, half uh, was like, uh, okay, can you do something, you know? And uh, I looked around to find like, uh, you know, positive news uh, specifically about, you know, problems that affect us all. I'm talking about like 
climate change. I'm talking about pollution. I'm talking about like animal rights and the list goes on and on. And all I was like able to find, uh, you know, were like feel good stories, which big supporter. I love to like scroll through, you know, feel good stories, uh, you know, um, the dog uh, that, you know, come back home uh, uh, after like 10 years uh, missing or, you know, the firefighter saving like a kitten. Great stuff. But I call them like, you know, like a, a dopamine rush. So you see the story, you have a dopamine rush, uh, you're happy for a second and you need another story and you need another story. There is never something like lingering for a long time or that gives you enough information and positivity to just think about the problem. Um, so, for instance, you know, climate change is a problem that um, worries us all. I mean, I, I don't think there is a single person today that is not concerned about climate change. And it's constantly in the news, you know, and creates a lot of anxiety because when it goes into news is usually, oh, Uh, This bunch of scientists decided, uh, are saying that, you know, if we don't do something now, we're going to die in five years. The end of the world is near. So there is never like something positive in the news uh, um, that even like a small accomplishment uh, that just tell us like this person did this amazing thing and solved this little piece. What that offers is like inspiration for us uh, to do something and be part of the positive change. So this long introduction is to say <laughs> that this very long introduction is to say that my idea was like, can I basically illustrate uh, like a positive news, uh, make it like cute, uh, make mm-hmm. it like accessible to a wide demographic, right. uh, whether you're like a kid or like an adult, uh, you can enjoy the news, make a simple headline that people can like read in one second that can be super shareable. Uh, on social media and create a conversation. So uh, the, right. the, the, basically the motto of like anxiety free news, uh, you know, was created at the time. And that's what the happy broadcast was, uh, you know, when I created it. Yeah, totally. I, I love that idea because I think um, especially as the world goes on, I guess, um, as we've seen in the past year, um, or as a lot of things unfold, and the climate does change. Um, and we do have more research now on how this is affecting us in our mental health, um, specifically how it's affecting Gen Z and, and kids um, in, in the Gen Alpha. Yep. You know, it's saying that they're becoming more and they're getting more and more anxiety because of this influx of content and this in all of this uh, chaos that's honestly stirring in the media around them, um, whether that is on their social media, like you were saying, or that's on a TV, or that's an alert, or something crazy is happening at school, or, you know, something's happening that is giving them anxiety. It's, it's making the next generations so much more lonely, and it's giving us so many more issues that I think, I guess, in in a in a good way, we are starting to talk about them more, and I think we're becoming more fearless in talking about them. But also, I think it can be very polarizing, right? Like some kids are really really open to it because they have content like the yeah. Happy Broadcast to look at. But there's the other side of the spectrum that's just like I don't even want social media. I want to detach myself from media. Um, and the reason why is because there is this huge amount of kind of disturbing information with really triggering headlines that, um, you know, we have to, to look at and live through over and over and over again. So I just think it's so, so important to have art like yours. I mean, would you argue out of curiosity that social media is art or do you think that the graph, that social media is just the communication channel that you're able to, you know, talk about the art with? Does that make sense? I'm just... Yeah, I'm curious to think uh, to know what you think. Is social media art? So you, when you say is social media art, uh, you mean that uh, like social media is like a repository of like, you know, artistic content or? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like social media is what we made of it. 
you know it's like you know okay. you can curate your feed uh, so your feed might be you know more artistic and hence you know yeah. you feel like the social media is like filled with art but some other people might have a social media that is feel like food content um so my point is right. that social media is what you made of it and the idea of the happy broadcast was to provide like a little little beacon of mm -hmm. positivity within maybe a feed that was like filled with uh, you know uh negative content or like uh, you know uh non-news content because the other problem that you brought up uh, and i 100% agree is that the you know 99% negativity um you know in the media has created this like distance between especially the new generations and the news and i feel like it's a little mm -hmm. dangerous because i mean i feel like it's very important to you know report problems problems and know what the problems are because only by knowing the issues that we have we can work on solutions So just blocking out everything um, might be a little dangerous. So that's why right. the happy broadcast goal is to talk about issues that create anxiety, but also to offer solution or, you know, educate about that. Because I've seen in a lot of posts uh, that like some people are just coming in and say, this is BS, you know, this is not true. And you just respond by telling them like, look, this is the study. This is the research that the article is based on. And eventually they say, oh, I didn't know it. Thank you. So part of it uh, is that, you know, my personal hope uh, is that with this education, eventually action will come, you know, small acts yeah. of kindness towards like your community, the world, uh, the environment, uh, animals uh, will in turn benefit everyone you know the 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 my goal is that you know not everyone can become like Greta Thunberg you know not everyone has the you know energy uh even the like like the headspace to do what she's doing uh, which again she's a hero for me but You know, mm -hmm. we can also do things on a smaller scale when I'm talking about the community, when I'm also when I'm talking about like recycling a bottle or like uh, buying uh, uh, an aluminum bottle that you can use like a million times instead of like a plastic bottle, you might not realize it, but you're like an environmental hero for me. You know, it's like there are like very little things that we can do um, to create a positive change. Um, and with that also comes the fact that we have to advocate, you know, we have to yeah. use the collective power to demand change because without one of the, one of the mistakes in general is always to put on like people, the responsibility of the change, uh, specifically when it comes to pollution, uh, the narrative is always like, mm -hmm. you know, if you recycle a bottle, you know, you're solving all the problem. And I'm like, you're solving some problems, but, you know, we also have to work together to make sure that like corporations, they change their attitude because they are like the big polluters. And it's, it's you know, it's not super hard when you think of it. Uh, it's just a matter of like understanding uh, that first of all, the world is not ending, uh, that there is a lot of people around us that are not in the media, but they're doing like an amazing work uh, and that our contribution at any scale can have like a huge mm -hmm. impact uh, on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Also, um, that is all amazing. And I have some things that I want to say, but um, I usually stop around this time and I grab some water or something to drink um, just because I like to hydrate in the middle of my shows. So if anyone's listening um, and if you have a water or something, feel free to uh, hydrate. <laughs> and um, usually I'll just add a little, you know, water break music on my uh, <laughs> recording when it's not live. So yeah, um, absolutely. yeah usually I just do that now. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. 
today I'm drinking a sparkling ice black raspberry flavored sparkling water. Um, yeah, it's pretty Ooh. tasty. It's probably not so good for I, I feel like those zero sugar things aren't very good for you. It says zero calories and then it's five calories in the bottle. That is very confusing. Anyhow, <laughs> um, it is in a plastic bottle and I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, this is now making me feel mad because we're talking about climate change and everything. But you said something in the beginning um, based on, you know, specifically, I think the group of people that believe in a way ignorance is bliss. And I, I disagree with that. I think knowledge is power. So that's why I think it, it is good in some ways to expose yourself to social media. But it's about, like you said, curating your feed not only the stuff that you post, but the stuff that you consume. And when you figure that out, I think it gives you the power and the control over the situation. So I just wanted to say that. But second to that, I also think it's amazing to also acknowledge that no matter how small or how big your contribution to, um, you know, moving our world into a more peaceful, positive place, um, no matter how big or how small, like your actions are helping and it isn't our full responsibility. And I mean, humans can contribute, but we can't, you know, just change something so big, like, you know, the ozone layer on our earth, right? Like the earth has to heal that on its own. Um, there's only so many things that we as humans can do and control. I mean, how many, how many people live on this planet, right? Like, that would be a lot of people to get to do one thing. And yep. that would be usually, I'm assuming in most instances, a case where everyone would drop everything and just do exactly what needed to be done to make sure that the earth doesn't, you know, ex- explode or do whatever it's going to do. So, but the, yeah, I mean, the ozone layer is always like an example that I bring yeah. up because to me, that's the perfect example of, of, you know, like in the eighties, um, the ozone, you know, the scientists realized that there was this huge hole, you know, and that if we didn't do something, the temperature would have like risen to a point uh, of like, you know, destroying the ecosystem basically and destroying human lives. Uh, so the, the, the solution wasn't just to tell people, Hey guys, please don't use hairspray and the problem will go away. Because, you know, there is not a chance that just by telling people, like, stop doing that thing, it would have gone away. The thing that really helped was, like, creating, pressuring, like, government to create legislation to ban, you know, chemical substances and gases that were, like, harming the environment. Which means that, that, you know, products were, like, safer and so between people not using the existing products and all these regulations, we're now at a point where the you know ozone layer is like healing, is on a road to recovery. So that to me is like the perfect example of like, of course, asking people to do their part, but we cannot put all the responsibility on the people uh, because they will feel like uh, helpless you know, they will feel like, oh my God, all the responsibility has fallen on me. And so the main reaction, especially for people living with anxiety, is just to freeze, just to do nothing. And just like, I feel like that the media has the responsibility not to tap constantly into the negative bias, um, which is uh, for people that don't know the negative bias, is the human tendency to... Um, be drawn more towards what's dangerous than to positive things. So, and this right. is basically the foundation of the current, uh, you know, state of media. They constantly provide things uh, that are like coded in negative bias uh, to just keep our eyes glued uh, and just constantly think that the world is going to end. Uh, so you're in fear, you're in fear, in fear, you, you know, there is a whole you know, structure surrounding the negative bias. But what the Happy Broadcast is doing uh, is trying, uh, again, to show the, you know, people on Instagram, people outside of Instagram, in every outlet where we distribute our content, uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, there are like people outside that are like doing amazing stuff, you know, and you can be inspired. And again, 
the world is not ending uh, and you create can create like healthy habits that will take you to a better you know headspace Mm -hmm. I also wanted to ask you because you know you have such a illustrious career you have so much like I think density when it comes to your website and also the Instagram I wanted to know how important research is on your end when curating and creating the pieces that you share on Instagram. Um, Like how much research goes into a post? Um, What inspires you? How do you decide what goes on or what to, what to create? When is it some, and like, what's your timeline? Like what's your workflow like around that? And why is it so important for you to research and, and have that credibility when you're posting? So I can't say how many hours because I never <laughs> count uh, the amount of hours that goes into it, but it's a good amount of time. I mean, I post like three illustrated uh, posts uh, during the week uh, and there is like a, a happier Sunday update uh, with like 10, you know, news uh, on Sunday So there is a lot of work uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of like research, uh, specifically for the three illustrated posts. I spent a good amount of time if I do not uh, have extensive knowledge on the topic, because I want to create a conversation and I want to moderate this conversation to a certain degree. Uh, But in order to do that, I have to, you know, have some, you know, knowledge surrounding the topic. So again, if we're talking about the ozone layer, I need at least to understand the history of how we got there, what happened in the past like 30 years, uh, um, so that when people are like, you know, maybe uh, saying that's not true, you know, social media, you know, it's, you know, filled uh, with maybe people that don't believe that something is true, uh, that because they have seen an article on another website, uh, that, you know, what they... Uh, saw before that's the truth Uh, so you have to be informed in order to moderate you know my goal Mm -hmm. is not to you know ostracize people that do not think uh, the same way and I don't want to change people's mind that is not my goal Um, my goal is just to provide uh, information to you know create uh, you know um a foundation for like a healthy discussion and maybe find a compromise. But there is like a lot of, there is like a lot of time and research involved. Yeah, that's amazing. And it just, to me, you know, research and also kind of providing that background knowledge or understanding it so that you can then regurgitate it in a way that can help facilitate other people's thought process um, so much so that it is easier and less anxiety inducing, I think is one of the most powerful things that artists and storytellers can really do. So I'm extremely grateful that you do this in your work um, because obviously you do it so, so well and so successfully. And that's why I think we need more, we need way more content like this. Um, Tell us a little bit about the podcast and the app. Um, I want to know, like, you know, how can people get involved or consume your content? Um, and, and what's next for the happy broadcast? Yeah, um, absolutely. So the, the podcast, I would start with the podcast saying that the podcast felt like, a like a natural extension, you know, sometimes, especially okay. for people that, you know, you said before that some people, they just don't want to use social mm-hmm. media because, you know, it threatens um, their like, uh, you know, mental health. Uh, um, and so I was like, I, I, I want to provide like positivity and positive news uh, for, you know, these kind of users, you know, these kind of people that are not, uh, you know, engaged uh, in, in using, um, you know, the different social media outlets where the happy broadcast is. So the, you know, the podcast uh, is a very quick, uh, I believe it's like 15, 18 minutes uh, once a week. Uh, and it provides uh, the news, uh, you know, that I highlight uh, in a podcast format. Uh, um, so there are like three news. Uh, there is usually one uh, uh, advice uh, 
for your mental health, uh, like one healthy habit that you can do that week uh, to support uh, the betterment of, you know, your mental health. Uh, and, uh, you know, like there is like a breathing uh, exercise uh, and some like there is the amazing person of the week, uh, which is something that I do. I try to celebrate, uh, again, normal people that are doing like mm-hmm. amazing things. And uh, there is also special content for subscribers, which is usually the amazing animal of the week. Uh, so Ooh. that, um, <laughs> that I, I, I usually pick like animal stories, even there that are like meaningful like, you know, yeah. maybe a specific, uh, you know, like animal uh, brought back from extinction and, and so forth. So that's the, that's the podcast. The app, uh, um, the app was born uh, um, when I met like an amazing individual, which is Keith. Um, and uh, we decided together to basically bring the happy broadcast uh, not just as a provider of positive news, but uh, as a tool to improve uh, mental health based on our experience. So, you know, the social media is usually passive consumption. You know, there is not a lot of interaction. You scroll through, maybe you want to comment, maybe you want to read the comment, you're liking and sharing and so forth. But personally for me, in my journey to, you know, improve my mental health, uh, uh, I found that, you know, habits uh, are one of the most important things. So creating healthy Mm. habits uh, is uh, paramount uh, to, you know, to a better mental health. So I just wanted to create an app uh, that could provide uh, that same, uh, you know, uh, benefit uh, to other people. Um, So for me, I'm just telling some of the habits that I like uh, is like gratitude journaling, uh, mood tracking uh, did wonder for me and for my mental health, uh, like daily tracking my mood. Uh, And everything that I'm saying has been proven by science and extensive research. Another thing uh, is like also maybe see why other people, what are grateful for, you were talking about like drinking water, like hydration is very important and has been proven to, you know, support a better brain, better health and so forth. So the app is basically like a Swiss knife, you know, for mental health. Uh-huh. That's the metaphor that I, I, I usually think of because in the app, you have a layer, which we call like the gratitude feed so all the people in the app, every single day, they share with others wh- why they're grateful, you know, and what makes them grateful. So basically, if you're waking up and, and you're like in a, you know, your mood is a little bit blue, just by absorbing what makes people happy. And, it, and usually it's the most simple thing. It's like petting my dog, uh, you know, eating a slice of pizza, you know, hanging out with my friends the simple thing that make life exceptional. Another layer, it's like habits, you know, there are like tens of habits, you know, uh, that you can, that you can select and add to your personal, you know, habit drawer. And you can go from like, I want to sleep better. You need to create like healthier habits. I want to reduce my anxiety. There are like, I don't know, like a lot of like, you know, habits that you can choose, uh, and add to your like daily, um, you know, habit routine. Um, and then you can check the statistics, you know, you can see how your mood has improved, how you're doing, uh, um, and so and so forth. So the thing that I love about the app is that I open the app and there is a daily check-in. So every morning I wake up, I do my check-in, which means I track my mood. I, um, I do a gratitude journal entry. And then the app provides me with like three things to do during the day. And that's to me, the one of the benefits, uh, you know, of this Swiss knife that basically it can provide you in time, you know, a lot of benefits because a lot of people don't, um, a lot of people don't understand that 45% of what we do is driven by habits. 
you know, and maybe you're not, you don't know that you have bad habits because you don't think about it, but, you know, unconsciously half of the thing that we do are driven by habits. So, you know, developing good habits has a huge impact on your happiness and, and well-being. So I really hope that the app provides, you know, all these tools and the app includes the happy broadcast post. So it's really like a, a, a universe, you know, of positivity to help users on these, uh, I would say, a journey to a healthier self, healthier self. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I think uh, habits are something that I am honestly still working on. I'm also 23 years old. You know, a lot of young people have a difficult time creating habits because they have so many obligations that are out of their control, like school, or if they set up classes, um, you know, sometimes like, for example, I have class at, uh, you know, late at night when it's, when I'm on the East coast and that's 10 PM to 1230 in the yeah. morning. And I have to make it a habit to wake up at 7:45 the next morning so that my sleep schedule can stay consistent throughout the week. Um, same thing with like going on a walk or drinking water and um, hydrating. But I also agree that it can be so hard to do. And it takes a certain level of either self-awareness or the assistance of an app um, like yours. So I think it's just so, so amazing what you are doing with that app. And, um, for people that want to download it, where can they find it? What is it called? Um, and how can they like download it? Um, yeah, it's, it's for Android and, and, and iPhone. So pretty much covers, uh, all the phones and, uh, the app is called like whole, uh, like W H O L E. Um, it's like Whole Foods without foods. Perfect. Uh, basically. <laughs> um, so just whole. Yes, whole. You know, I I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, I was a person that was like, you know, I know that I have this bad habit uh, and I'm gonna solve it. But somehow, you know, if right. you don't have uh, like, and that's where like healthy notification comes in. You know, the app is telling me at the specific time that I want the app to tell me, do this thing, like go to bed, you know, like, um, there are even, even when it comes to anxiety, you know, um, you can have like, take a break. You can make it an habit, you know, that you're like, okay, I want to take a break. I feel, I feel like I'm too anxious or, you know, when you want to sleep better, you know, you can make a habit to not drink caffeine after 2 PM. And I know that it sounds like silly. It's like, oh yeah, I can definitely do it. But if you do not create a structure and we go back uh, to basically um, what we were saying in the beginning when you were asking about my you know, working schedule, I didn't wake up one day and I was like, oh, okay, right now I'm becoming like a, a stack on obvious, you know, like someone that can work like 24 hours a day. It, it's like, you have to build, you know, the habit of like working yeah. in a specific way. And again, I can stress enough that, you know, like good habits, uh, you know, um, can really, I don't know, can really give us like a solution towards like a happier life, you know? Yeah, so, I, I absolutely concur with that. <laughs> I think that is so, so important to acknowledge and also keep in mind as we grow and evolve. Um, I did have, so I know we're coming up on time here. I did have one last question that I ask all of my guests. Um, you know, the, the title of the show is everything you need is within. That is one of my mantras as a creative person. And as somebody who has a, a, you know, tremendous platform with purpose, what is your mantra that gets you through, you know, any anxiety or any difficult times? That's a very, that's a very good question. (laughs) Um, I mean, I would say that my mantra is like creativity and I I know that I'm going back. uh, It's like making art. Um, Wherever I feel stressed, uh, um, I know that I can basically channel my anxiety uh, just by drawing. Um, And and it works for me. Um, You know, there are like things that helps me like meditation, 
uh, and so forth. But there is nothing that can basically take my mind off, you know, the anxiety process in my mind uh, and just like focus on something that I love to do. And that's why, you know, like we were going back to what I was saying before. It's different from every person, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like something that is very uh, subjective, but, you know, it works, it works for me. And that's why the happy broadcast has really become my outlet uh, to, you know, channel everything that makes me anxious and find a solution to it. So if I wake up one morning and I say, oh my God, I'm super anxious because I've seen these like news about people, you know, abusing animals. And what I do is like I research, you know, the stories and experiences of people that have fought, you know, animal abuse. And I just broadcast them because that gives me like hope, makes me less stressed about the bad news I've seen before. Right. And, you know, just to, you know, close what we're saying, you know, in time, I've realized that like happy news are just a consequence of bad news. You know, a happy Mm -hmm. news is basically a a person that solved like a problem. And also by talking about something challenging or difficult, it creates change and, and hopefully it's a positive one. So it's just about how you talk about it and how you reframe a situation, which I think is, again, the biggest power that uh, you have as an artist and a storyteller. So um, I just wanted to thank you so much. This was such an incredible conversation. I uh, want everyone to go and follow the happy broadcast on all social media platforms and follow the incredibly talented Maro Gotti. You just have to. So with that being said, thank you so much. Happy, have a happy, happy weekend. Happy rest of your week, whatever day you're listening to the show. Um, And thank you so much again. This was just such a fabulous conversation. And I'm so, so grateful that you were able to come and chat with us tonight. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was very uh, enjoyable. And I want to thank you for, you know, giving me uh, some airtime to talk about the Happy Broadcast and the app, uh, which again, if people want to download the app, it's called like Whole Self-Care Habit Builder. They can find it everywhere. But uh, I also encourage people to like go to my social media, to the website, send me an email, reach out if they have follow-up questions, if they want to be involved uh, um it's uh you know we're we're trying to grow these uh, into something more meaningful that can help more people thank you again for this this platform yes yes and thank you for all that you do i mean i know i was touched by it which is why i reached out and uh again i'm just so so grateful that you were able to come and